Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. This is Richard Gearhart. And Elizabeth Gearhart. On Passage to Profit, welcome to our show. Passage to Profit speaks to entrepreneurs and those wanting to start their own businesses. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to be on the radio. Then we'll have our producer, Noah Fleischman, tell us what makes for good radio. And of course, follow up with our three pitch contestants. So we asked Noah to be on the show today to give our listeners and potential pitch contestants a bird's eye view of what makes up a radio show and what makes it good. He's been teaching us tips as we've recorded each week, and I'll say that I think we've gotten better. Definitely. Noah and our media maven, Kenya, keep telling us to just be ourselves. And Kenya, among others, keeps telling us that we're really funny without trying to be. Yeah, I was talking to a friend the other day, and she just started laughing uncontrollably. And I was like, what? What did I say? <laughs> and well, you, you know, you do that a lot. <laughs> anyway, we advise our pitch contestants just to be themselves, too. Most people are pretty likable. We all have friends, or most of us have friends. So if people just relax and act <laughs> like they're with friends, I think it sounds pretty good. And the best part is that it's recorded. So if we flub up, our genius producer Noah can fix it or we can re-record it. Right. And so there goes one of our secrets. But I think one of the best things about doing this show for me is meeting all these great entrepreneurs and hearing their stories. It adds a level of interest to what we do. Yeah, in the office we get to hear new ideas each day, but it's a little different talking to clients in the office than it is on the radio. That's why we encourage our clients to come on the show when they're ready. But you don't have to be a Gerhardt Law client to be on the show. And the sponsors will pay for it. But honestly, the reason I became a patent attorney was to help spur innovation in this country and around the world. And because I truly enjoy seeing all of the new inventions that our clients create. Yeah, one of the most rewarding things things for me about working in an intellectual property firm is we start out seeing the sketches of what a person wants to do. Then they turn into prototypes and patent applications. And eventually I can go buy them in the store or, or online. I do most <laughs> of my shopping. <laughs> so how do we find non-clients to pitch on the show? I am so glad you asked that. That's my favorite thing about this show. Anyone can pitch. You don't have to be a superstar or know anyone. Just have a great idea or business. We hold pitch auditions in New York City. And if you're pitch is right for us, you can go on the air. And you don't have to be in New York City to audition, but you do have to be on the show here in New York, as we only tape in New York City. And it's all paid for by our sponsors. The only thing that we ask of their pitchers is that they promote the show on their social media. Richard, do you want to talk about the contest? Sure. After the pitches, you, our listeners, can Google Passage to Profit Show and find the page on GearheartLaw.com. And there you can vote for your favorite pitch. You can vote for a week, but you only get to vote once. So get your friends to listen and vote. If they miss the show, which is on 8 p.m. Sunday evenings on WOR 710, they can listen to the podcast to hear how wonderful you are. Just tell them to remember the name by imagining walking down a long passageway with a big pot of gold at the end. Passage to Profit. And as always, may your passage be short and your profit be huge. Joining us after the break will be Noah Fleischman, radio show producer at iHeart. You're listening to Passage to Profit on iHeart Radio, WOR 710, the voice of New York. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. 
enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Welcome back, entrepreneurs. We have Noah Fleischman here, and we're so glad to have you on the show tonight. You work your magic every week to make us sound good. So what do you look for in the tapes when you listen to the raw footage? Well, first of all, it is a pleasure. It is an honor to be here at the Passage to Profit exhibition here at the Gearheart Law Pavilion high atop the World's Fair. <laughs> oh, now you see? Now you see? Now you, you get that? Now you see what I just did? But he sold me on that. <laughs> what did you just do? I sold you on that. Do you, do you see what just happened, Richard? I actually, now, now what did I just do? I actually presented an image in the mind. I created something, I created an image in the mind of the World's Fair, of the Gearheart Law Pavilion, at the Passage to Profit exhibition, looking down a long tunnel and seeing the... And how did I do that? Did I do that with, with visuals? Did I do it with posts? Did I do it with sound effects? Did I do... I did it with my voice. I did it with speech, with words. And words are what I have dealt with for many many a time, and certainly a number of years, uh, at WOR, various broadcasts, and as you uh, referenced uh, moments ago, you know, how do you, uh, w- what do I do when I go through the raw footage? What do I look for? Basically, what I'm doing is I'm in the process of creating not just the great broadcast, the great material we come off with here in the room after we complete our presentation, but then I, I just kind of do the touch-up, you know. It's uh, it's kind of like, it's it's almost tantamount to cooking. If anyone spends time in the kitchen and you're something, you have one of those top chef moments where you want to just make it absolutely indescribably perfect and you know how you can do it, but it's going to take that extra five, six, seven minutes to do. You find the five, six, seven minutes, and you do it. And you spend the time doing it, and when it comes out, it's beautiful. So let me ask you a question, Noah. Uh, one of the reasons why we wanted you here today was because so many of our entrepreneurs have to make presentations, and they have to create stories in the minds of their potential customers, potential investors, employees. What are some of the key elements to creating a good story? And what could our listeners take away from your years of experience in the radio business to help make that story come alive. My years of experience. Well, it all started at a 10,000-watt radio station in Fresno, California. That was uh, that was what uh, I think the late actor Ted Knight used to be. That used to be his image all the time. He used to come in. Well, it all started in a 10 year He played Ted Baxter on the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Anyway, no, actually, in terms of what a listener would need to hear, in terms of what would make things communicable to the listener, is basically connecting with something the listener can relate to. I don't think that's very opaque. I think anyone with a product, anyone who's starting up a business would understand 
that despite all the intrinsic matters that are involved in the production of the product and the development of the business, the most significant thing of all is what does the person listening to me on the radio need and how can they benefit from what I am putting forth today in my business? What can I give them? What can I provide for them? What can I do that is saleable to them? And when you keep that in mind every time you address, I would think every time you address a patent officer, every time you address a potential investor, that is number one key. That is A on the list of what can I do for you? What can this stranger do for me? is what's going through the mind of the person whose attention you have at that moment. Sometimes it's a little hard to function every time you have a conversation with someone and, and you're going to have to you know, bring that to mind every time up front. But if you are a business operator, if you are a developer of a product, that's something that I would think you need to have in mind all of the time. Even I had to learn this a little bit. And I, I kind of coach people on this. And I had to learn it on the occasions that I've been on the air is that you have that it's like a hoop shot in, in basketball, like at the NCAA tournament, when that one player has that one chance, he's holding the ball, the entire world is focused on this person on on uh, CBS Sports on an afternoon. And suddenly he's got that one opportunity to pitch that ball and get it in the hoop. And if he knows what he's doing, it happens. That's what that is. You have your one hoop shot. I've got my hoop shot right now, and Richard is giving me signals saying, no, it's over! I was practicing my hoop shot while you were doing that. It's so. over, but you're not dumb because you're going to stick around and discuss the pitches with us, and then we're going to have a final wrap-up where you get to talk again. So this has really been great. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Passage to Profit, WOR 710, the voice of New York. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, Contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart and our special guest this evening Noah Fleischman. Now for the pitch rules. Each contestant will have a total of eight minutes to make their pitch. The first two minutes they fly solo and so for that time describe their product and put it in the best possible light. The remaining time is for the Inquisition where they'll be challenged by Richard, Elizabeth, and Noah to describe their product in greater detail and convince the audience their project is the best. At the end of the program, our listeners will be directed to the Passage to Profit page on the Gearheart Law website, where our listeners can vote for the pitch they like the best. So it is my pleasure now to introduce our first pitch contestant, Simone Sloan, who is an executive coach and has her company called Your Choice Coach. 
Thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth and Richard. Love being here. Um, one of the reasons businesses experience poor performance is lack of engagement strategy, either internally with their employees or externally, right, with their customers. Failure to plan an executive strategy is planning to fail. And in this dynamic marketplace, having a strong strategy is essential. I've worked across a lot of industries, and one of the key themes that I've realized is that there's a tipping point, right, of business professionals or owners who don't really know when to transition from owner to leader. And that is really crucial to drive business success and an engagement strategy. I'm founder of Your Choice Coach, emotional intelligence, business, and executive coach. What I really do is leverage the business strategy, executive coaching, and emotional intelligence to help businesses align their activities to strategy and become more human to realize results. What the benefits are is that they move away from this transactional activity in business and really get into engaging, fostering, and really going to what I call a TCC, trust, connection, collaboration, that engages, empowers, and values the stakeholders. What do they get? A research-based assessment and tool. That one provides insights, which is their awareness of what's going on within their organization. Plan, which are really actions that they can put to work. And results that changes their overall driving growth and revenue. It sounds great. So can I ask a question? My first question, Simone, is what is an engagement strategy and what does it look like and what does it feel like? When you look at it from the internal, right, if your employees are doing the same old, same old, yes, they may be getting results, but you're not engaging them then in terms of how do you stimulate them to get more out of the productivity. So it can be in terms of reward systems. It can be in terms of recognition systems. It can be just in terms of how do you engage them to really get excited around what you do. And each person, believe it or not, values so many different things. So it's a matter of the, the owner, right, to really tap into what drives this employee. Because it could be just a reward system or expanding their role within the organization. I think that is so true. You know, we used to have happy hours for our employees and we realized that they just wanted to go home after work. <laughs> <laughs> they Sorry. wanted to de-engage. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, maybe a lunch is a better idea. <laughs> but, so, so do you go to each employee and say what motivates you? Is it that simple? or? Well, what you can do, too, is a survey just to get a gradient in terms of what, you know, asking them those questions and really understanding what motivates them, what do they like, what are they happy about, what are they sad about. And you'll be surprised different responses that you get. You, you take that information, you just doesn't fall flat, right? You do something with it. And what do you do? Create programs or really find a theme and, and a real connection between all of those answers to find out where and what would actually motivate. And you're not gonna get hit it out the park initially. Of course not, right? But that's where you go ahead and listen and that's how you build up those relationships and let them even drive the whole process, too, in terms of telling you what they want. This sounds remarkable, Simone. I got to tell you, this is like the tip of the iceberg of a new movement that is going to ultimately affect all businesses the way all companies run. And, you know, yeah, there are there have been companies that have been trying to do this sort of thing. They talk about it. They have meetings. We should try to connect better with our employees. We should try to connect better with our 
our our staffers, that sort of thing, and 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 try to and and like Elizabeth said, you know, we try to do social things to to get together with them, but nobody really knows how to do it, how to really kind of melt through the ice and try to get into the hearts and souls is really what it is of our employees to kind of uh, do, you know, in the days of Star Trek, they would call it a mind meld, but uh, you don't want to you don't want to take it that far because no, you don't take the notes here. Yeah, exactly. No, we're not going to do that. No, of course not. And but you know, sometimes if in, in the event, you know, in the event that uh, it, my wife turned me into a Trekkie. Okay, we we watch uh, one of the Star Trek uh, reboot shows every now in reruns. I think it's Voyager and Deep Space Nine. Some of these things. I'm new to the whole party, but I've been watching some of these shows, and I look at these things, and I say these are definitely a template because basically it's humans creating the show and developing the stories, and it's a template for existence in group activity, group business. These are a bunch of people on a ship away from the rest of the world dealing with situations, how to handle them, that sort of thing. And they seem to be pretty well able to have their little dramas and solve them and all that sort of thing. And ultimately, it comes back to businesses. How do we form ourselves as the really effective deck of an enterprise here, putting it all together? And that's when you have to be able to have a group, a staff, a fleet, as it were, who can all connect that integrally with one another and that viscerally with one another. And that's what I think your movement here is really on the cusp of. And it's difficult. You know, on the Enterprise, they all lived with one another. They all lived on the ship together. In a business, you don't do that. People go home at the end of the day. Yeah. People go back to their that's... families at the end of the day. People go, run off to their appointments at the end of the day. And we all keep ourselves in connection with our business and work commitments as we can, but this takes it a little further, saying, how can we actually bring ourselves closer to a connection with one another and with our jobs, with our work, more viscerally? And we're not going to really do that until we can connect with our emotional and personal synaptic needs a little bit better. And that's what this gets into. And to me, it actually appears that the big question is, well, who's got time for this? <laughs> who's got who's got the incentive to actually go into? And it's a process, like you said. But when uh, an employer and a company put their minds and hearts to it, it can actually work. I think somewhere I've heard that statistics show that companies that can get that vibe actually are more productive than companies that that aren't so really, really and truly and what happens is that once you engage your employees it trickles down to your customers right because that it's a it's they go hand in hand if you have disgruntled customer employees, you are going to be very disgruntled in terms of how you treat your customers. And even though you may think that, oh, they've been with us forever and such a long time, it's going to come back and feed into it. So it does take time to work on this. But we are human. And that's the key thing that we have to remember in terms of that. No one just talked about the number of hours that people spend doing at work and, and going off to their lives. But in actuality, when you look at it, you're working 80 plus hours spending more time with people in, in your company than you are with your family members at some points. And so as a result of that, how do you work more effectively? Yes, you've gone into the same job, had the same role forever and ever, but there's things that you can need to start doing now to, to, to stimulate and get them moving, more productive and thinking holistically how to grow together because it does take a tribe. Yeah, and I think if you count the time that I think about my job outside of work, it's probably more than 80 hours, right? So I'm sometimes I'm doing emails, sometimes I'm thinking about this next presentation I have to make while I'm 
you know, having dinner. Um, so it's really can be pretty consuming sometimes, uh, depending on your role and your, your motivation and your interest, Absolutely. right? So. Absolutely. And then also there's a trust connection collaboration, the TCC, where you have, and this is where I talk about in terms of when the business owner does not transition over to leader. And in order for them to be that leader, they have to trust that their employees are here to be able to do the job and do it effectively, right? And give them, make, make, empower them around that and also enable them to take on more and prove that they can have that responsibility. That's a great point. We certainly try to do that at Gearheart Law. Well, yeah. yeah, that's a big one. And we really do try to give people as much as they can handle. Sometimes we give them too much. I mean, <laughs> Andrew, are you here? <laughs> can you do this, Andrew? Can you do that? But I do feel like people feel better about their job when they feel like they're more in control and they're more respected and that people view them as real professionals that can contribute effectively and they don't have someone micromanaging them and say, oh, you did this wrong and you didn't do it the way I do it whatsoever. Exactly. And, and you know, I had one client who had a lot of, um, basically, it was a, how do you solve problems effectively without me? Right. And when you I dug down deeper to really understand, well, why are they always coming to you for problems and not trying to figure it out on their own? I don't really, uh, well, I always tell them what to do. And that was the response back. Mm. And I said, well, there's an opportunity here for you now to kind of release some of those reins and let them figure it out. And you might find that they have different ways of doing it, even grow the organization and even create other ways to engage the customers. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes you can even ask them, well, how do you think you should solve this? Absolutely. Right? And you'd be surprised how often they have an answer, right? And they and do. Like, Go for it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. We're running out of time, Simone. It's been uh, great having you on. And so tell us, how can we find you? Sure. I do have a free gift, a hot nugget from the Your Business Greatness information. And if you text me at 555-888-TEXT-YBG-2018, you will get your free hot nugget. To reach out to me, I'm on my Twitter handle is aim, inspire, grow, and you can also reach out to me on my website, yourchoicecoach.com. And I think if we just Google Simone Sloan Coach, New Jersey, you come right up. Great. <laughs> that SEO is working. That's working. Yes. I'll tell my guy. <laughs> so, so there is so much more we could have talked about with you today. I mean, you have just got so much going on and so many great ideas with this. And we, you and I had lunch and we haven't even scratched the tip of the iceberg about what you and I spoke about. So maybe we should have you back on again on a future show so we can get more into the weeds on that stuff, too. So it has been fabulous. And... Thank you very much. Noah, any last words for Simone? This is, like I said, the tip of the iceberg of a new movement that's going to be uh, probably standard in so many businesses. That's going to be a part of life as we know it. Thank you so much for having me. You're listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want 
want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our special guest, Noah Fleischman. And our next contestant is a client of the firm. His name is Robert Lindemann. And he's going to be talking about the Lindemann theory. So you have two minutes, Robert. Go. My name is Robert Lindemann, and I'm the author of the book, The Lindemann Theory, A 31-Year Journey and My Cure, A Cure Now, 10 Years in the Making, all at thelindemanntheory.com. The book begins with a scene in 2005 where I escaped from a psychiatric hospital during a snowstorm and ascended a tree to end my life. The only reason I lived that night was because I ran out of branches to ascend. It's a wild ride, folks. Order the book and read all. The escape was a part of a 31-year journey of illness that began as a severe case of OCD at age 15. That journey included 16 years of trying to get through undergraduate and medical school, all outlined in my book and detailed case history. I theorized in 2009, yes, 31 years later, that the medications I was taking for the OCD were creating other symptoms, a misdiagnosis, which caused continual disruptions to my life and career. Those disruptions would eventually force me to leave medical school in 1997 after completing the first two years in good standing. By substituting Infinity IQ, a combination of community, stimulation, and clean fuel, I provide the science to validate my theory with the bio and neurochemical alterations to bring evolution to the fore. I have written this book for you, all of you, one version for the general public and one version for the health professional. It's a story of grit, determination, and love. I bear all to prevent others forever enduring the same hardships that I did. Find your way to near infinite energy, performance, and intelligence with infinite EIQ at thelindemantheory.com, also at Amazon and Kindle. Remember, everyone, there is nothing wrong but everything right with hope, thelindemantheory.com, and thank you. Wow. I mean, that was really powerful, Robert. When did you first begin experiencing symptoms of your illness? It was age 15, uh, the summer after my freshman year in high school. Uh, it was devastating, uh, probably perhaps the most painful thing that I've ever endured. Uh, it lasted uh, close to four years, uh, and an experimental drug, I believe at age 20, 21, uh, removed all symptoms. So what were your symptoms? Nonstop uh, thoughts about uh, pretty much non-reality subjects. Um, so were they hallucinations? Did you have fantasies? What What were you thinking during uh, this period? Certainly not. I'll, I'll give you a very clear and, and uh, example. Driving along the road and uh, passing a uh, fence post approximately 30 to 40 feet off the road, uh, you proceed 100 to 200 feet up the road, and you think that you hit someone. You return and check it, understanding that you were nowhere near a fence post, a human being, and that that fence post was 40 feet off the road. You drive another 10 miles up the road, you come back and check it. It is what I call brain lock, and it is my belief that that brain lock needs to be broken by medications, and possibly one day I believe that ECT Electroshock therapy could be used, but I believe that once that happens, because of the fine neurochemical and biochemical balance of the body, 
it is necessary uh, to substitute my formula of infinite EIQ, a combination of community, clean fuel, and stimulation, and to avoid the hardships that I did, and certainly to understand that these medications that I was taking, which are mood boosters, can create hallucinations, can create burnouts. For me, that lasted five to six weeks at a time, and I believe the medical community needs to understand this because I believe that there is a huge amount of misdiagnosis going on uh, for individuals suffering from depression and OCD that could possibly be misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder and or cyclothymia. And once that occurs, it's a tremendous hardship from there. So again, it's been 10 years this fall. I will be zero symptoms, zero medications, zero long-term medications, psychotropic medications. And I believe my book and my ideas have major medical relevance. Can I ask you, Robert, what is the clean fuel piece of this? The clean fuel consists of uh, eating properly. Uh, a protein, carbohydrate, fat in a ratio that promotes good health. Those f- protein sources, lean food, void of uh, arachidonic acid, a chemical found in egg yolks and meats. Uh, so lean protein sources, carbohydrates of a low glycemic nature, fats. Fat is necessary. Uh, it stimulates uh, important chemicals that tell you you're full, but you need to take the proper fats. And clean fuel also can include supplements. Probably perhaps some of the most important are DHA and EPA and fish oil. And those combined with Elizabeth uh, stimulation, mental and uh, stressful exercise, the latter, of course, under a doctor's supervision, can turn that DHA into powerful uh, bio and neurochemical and restore the human brain and um, biological balance. This sounds magnificent. And it sounds, again, like we're on a panel this evening of ideas and concepts that are Fairly futuristic, I think, and very, very important to a better universe in many ways. My question is, we have uh, many of us, from the time that we're young to the time that we get older, many of us are working professionals, uh, people who are existing in the everyday world. You know, it would be great, as an alternative physician I once knew said, it would be great if we could all live on nothing but organic products, organic foods, breathe perfect air, uh, drink only the best water, and many of us, most of us actually, certainly in the urban areas, it's hard to manage something like that every single day of your life. Is there hope for those of us who just have that chronic mindful stress, what we all refer to as OCD moments, what we all refer to as, oh, I'm, I'm just getting a little crazed about this, and sometimes we, we just are, are put down by it all, and we're just buried by it all, and even if we're not necessarily dealing with a situation that could be clinical, we sometimes we just don't know, and is it possible to exist in a working atmosphere uh, in this world and still maintain the kind of balance that you're putting forth. That's a beautiful, beautiful point, Noah. I think the important thing that that people need to understand and the mindset they need to do is to simply say to themselves, listen, if I take the time to eat correctly, if I take the time to exercise daily, if I take the time to stress my body a little bit mentally and physically, in the long run, I will have more time for my family. I will perform better at work. And certainly, it may, it may very well be a good idea for uh, companies to introduce exercise programs to make this happen. Uh, it's a simple mindset change. It's a simple clearing out the refrigerator and learning to cook again, learning to buy the correct food. Take 
the extra time, a workout of 20, 25 minutes a day can, can do it, uh, five to 10 minutes of extra food preparation. The mindset is I take a half an hour every day to take care of my body, to take care of my machine, and I will perform better for my family, for my friends, for society, and for the planet. I think this planet is in a position right now where uh, we need to take a better care of it, and I think the foundational components, us, are not healthy enough to do it. So I hope that answers your question, Noah. That is such an important structural concept, especially in today's world where we're more put upon by stress elements now than ever. With our our smartphones, our electronics, we are put upon by certain neurological capacitors that were not in our lives uh, for those of us who go back 25, 35 years. No, life was very different back then. We're all into the future now with all of our electronics, but it gets a little bit more taxing stress-wise. And it is very possible when you lead a busy life to fall into almost what can be considered a self-inflictory level of existence with the lesser-than-healthier day-to-day, moment-to-moment existence that we're all talking about. And we probably need uh, the things that are being put forth here more than ever. Absolutely. And uh, another component of my uh, formula is community, uh, friends, family, church. Take the time to be with people. Uh, I've gone to Thanksgiving dinners lately where I've seen uh, children under the table playing video games uh, and half the table not present because of playing on phones and, and TV. Take the time to enjoy your community, your friends. And again, a half an hour extra a day, 20 minutes in the gym, 10 extra time food preparation, learn to eat again. And it's in my book. The science is in my book that backs my theories. I believe my theories have major relevance for peak performance of the healthy individual, for preventing the onset of illness, not just psychiatric, but physiological illness. Most important for those of you that are suffering with any type of psychiatric disorder, depression, OCD, let your physician know that you're concerned about side effects. Understand the side effects of these drugs If you happen to be in in depression or an OCD and you come out of it and you're taking medications, understand that those medications can cause you to burn out. And those burnouts can last up to five to six weeks at a time. And they can cause mania and hallucinations. And physicians, please be careful of misdiagnosing. Take the time. And the healthcare system, allow these physicians a little extra money to make diagnoses. Yeah, I think that's really true. We really... I think are getting more and more research showing now that the things that we ingest into our systems affect us in ways that we maybe never realized before. And I think people probably naturally used to eat a lot of fruits and vegetables because meat was expensive and they just did. And they got a lot of vitamins and minerals and the soil was maybe richer and Some of that could be lacking in the diet today. And if you just stop and think about everything that you're ingesting, it does affect, I think, your brain in different ways and how you feel and even how you think. And I think that's in your book, right? Yes. The food that we're eating and and the lack of EPA and DHA in the diet is affecting uh, uh, base hormonal systems. Uh, those those systems uh, elucidated by some Nobel Prize winners, a group of proto-hormones called eicosanoids, and those hormonal systems possibly 500 million years in the making. Those base foundational components are what drive the hormonal and, and biochemistry, neurochemistry above it. You fool around with those interacting with are billions of cells, and you are really starting to fool around with major organ systems and the brain. So absolutely, Elizabeth, the food that we're eating has, and I did not know this, I went to medical school and the nutritionist 
class I had in medical school did not elucidate this to me. This came upon later, and uh, again, I took a detailed look at my 31-year case history, and uh, it came to me one day that this is what's happening. So I hope you read my book. Again, this book has applications uh, for everyone. And it's the Lindemann Theory, and that's L-I-N-D-E-M-A-N-N. Two N's at the end, right? Correct, Elizabeth. <laughs> so, and, and, so. And, and thank you again uh, for allowing me to hopefully one day get this word out. Oh, that's great. Robert, it's been a pleasure. Uh, and please tell our audience that you, you can find the book on Amazon, right? So Sure. Amazon, Kindle, and also at my website, uh, thelindemantheory.com. Well, thank you so much, Robert. It's great seeing you, and thank you for telling us your story. It's fascinating. And you're listening to Passage to Profit at WOR 710, the voice of New York. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later, and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition, I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth, Passage to Profit. We've come to the last pitch of the evening. Last but certainly not least, I'm excited to hear this one too. It's our pleasure to have Krishna Malyala with TLC Engine. Thank you so much, Richard and Elizabeth and Noah for having me on the show. I'm super excited to talk about the biggest frustration I had when I was moving um, from Hawaii to New Jersey. And a lot of people ask me like, why the heck did you move from Hawaii to New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was in my mind. <laughs> oh no, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I changed. I just got married, and uh, me and my wife were. Uh, I got a job uh, in New Jersey, and I was moving uh, for. Uh, I was looking for a house, and one of the biggest things I found was so frustrating was was when I was asking my agent. Right, I said, "Well, how long will the commute be from this house and stuff like that?" And they said, "Well, let's figure out your budget." So the first thing that they did was was you know looked at both of our uh, both of our incomes and they said you guys can afford a million dollar home and I was like no way <laughs> I mean you know I get it right New Jersey is expensive but we didn't want to go that expensive and whenever the, she showed me two houses I was really surprised that two houses that were both five hundred thousand dollars in New Jersey one when I looked at the bottom of the taxes were eight thousand dollars another one was thirteen thousand dollars and I was like why are we searching based on beds bath and price because every single time I found myself working my way backwards to a monthly budget. And what I really found out was there's four principal things that whenever you're searching for real estate that you really need to know, not for yourself, but also as a family and exactly trying to find that right balance and how do you make those choices. So I really found out that there was these known knowns that you kind of know about, like your FICO score, your uh, APR and other aspects of the mortgage that you're looking at. You've got your known unknowns, like how long your commute's going to be, what type of, you know, what if there's tolls or other stuff. You've got your unknown unknowns like school districts and other aspects. And there's unknowns, unknowns. You have no clue what you're going into. And you get to the neighborhood and you go, oh, wow, 
you know, Costco is super far away, right? And so I created a system called True Lifestyle Cost, or TLC. And what it does is that we have a TLC engine platform that takes uses AI and predictive analytics to predict all of those hidden costs for you and surface them and literally creates its customized personalized score for each individual. So they put in their preferences and they can literally search based on their monthly budget. And it's a totally different way. 85% of Americans are financially illiterate and it's really hard for them to budget. And so what I've done is just made it so simple that you put in where you work, the type of family you have, and I'll tell you exactly what it's going to cost and how long it's going to take you to commute to the, each of those areas. So it's pretty powerful. Wow. Does that have any info on how good the school districts are? Yeah. We got all of our information for regarding schools from like gradeschools.net or even from the Department of Education. And so they got all the rankings and so you can really understand what school districts are really good for each of those neighborhoods. Well, I wish we'd had that when we moved here. I mean, we got lucky. We just plain got lucky, I'll tell you. We were looking for a house close to where Richard got his job that had a two-car attached garage. <laughs> and that was how we made our decision. We, we got lucky because we got a super good neighborhood yeah. in a place where the houses are appreciating in value all the time. Does that take into account the stability of the real estate price or appreciation too? So so those are the things that we're actually we are we're working towards, right? So like understanding the appreciation and all of those other aspects. But right now, what we really are focusing on is the decision you need to make and having all of those information available to you so you can make that large decision right now. So it's really kind of not what people are used to doing because I, I, when, when I go on Zillow and look at houses, I, I, I like, oh, well, that's a nice looking house. And then, then I say, well, this is how much it costs and this is how many bedrooms. And oh, geez, it's a 45 minute drive, but I really like the house. And I'm not really sure that you can take in all of the different factors that you just mentioned when you're when you're making your purchase right so this yeah. really streams streamlines it makes a lot of complicated decisions easier to make because the software based on the answers to your questions kind of helps you make those decisions and and all of the trade-offs because it's a very complicated process to buy a house. It, it is a very complicated process and, and it really helps you understand those pros and cons because there's so many variables that go into it and if we can surface those and customize it to you and that's the beauty of TLC. It's really a customization. We're so used to like in Google right now you sit there and you bring it up and it customizes it to you. you sit there and say you need to leave it at the airport right now. And so this is kind of what it's doing for you automatically as the machine starts to learn more and more about you it'll start to recommend i think that we've gone from predictive analytics to prescriptive analytics and that's kind of what we're trying to do at tlc engine this oh. is magnificent i have to tell you you know hearing this whole story hearing this whole description i'm reminded of a famous story of a young couple who bought a house many many years ago and there was actually a movie made about it believe it or not uh, it was a movie starring james brolin and margot kidder they purchased this dream house of theirs, and it was out in Amityville. And uh, <laughs> and what happened was they didn't they're, have they're, a question about ghosts, and, right? Yeah, well, their, their last, well, you know, their their last words to the realtor in their last meeting was, I'll never forget this. Their last words were, "Hey, the house looks great. It it felt great. It uh, appeared great, and it was their dream moment, their dream house. And what more could we possibly think of? Now that's an extreme example, obviously. I would think, but there are actually many concerns, many issues that buyers 
and even people who are interested in buying uh, uh, and renting apartments, but certainly with homes, when you're dealing with a realtor, when you're purchasing your dream home, your mind is in so many places when that realtor is showing you the house and showing you this and showing you that. And when the realtor is working on the buyer, the prospective buyer, uh, let's face it, they're, they're, doing, they're doing a little bit of a number. They, they have to do their number. And usually the prospective buyer is in the process doing their number a little bit. They want to impress the realtor. They want to sort of play up. And the realtor is going to play up. So you have a play up and a play up, and who can upstage the other with, hey, this is what we've got, oh, this is our lifestyle, this sort of thing, and no one's really being honest. Nobody's really being real in the process, or as real as they need to be, about their inner lives. And I really think that TLC is carving away at that and saying, you know what, let's face it, this is where you're going to live, okay? You're not going to drive this to work every day, you're not going to be here for eight hours, this is your actual home, this is your living space, and... We need to be real about what it is that you need when you're in your most intimate, visceral moments of your life. Let's get real about it. And uh, I don't know too many other realtors that are doing this uh, other than TLC, which is why it's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Noah. I mean, I, I think that the, the big thing is that TLC Engine actually provides the tools for the real a real estate agent to help you. So even them, uh, even the realtors themselves, I think that the tools they currently have doesn't necessarily give them the power to make those decisions and help the consumer enough. But it's about that customer. So I think it's that that mixture of all of these things. So we've integrated things like we actually use AI to do image search. So you can actually sit there and say, find me and show me all the pictures of the kitchen. So you can instantly get to that. And we call it true lifestyle cost is because it's these other lifestyle factors that we don't know. So we have things like we've got a partnership with Liberty Mutual and their Solera Labs, where they actually give us uh, errand scores and the traffic patterns and other aspects of what's going on. So it's a it's to give you this mosaic of this holistic approach to sit there and say, ah, this is the perfect home for you. Because it literally changes the way your whole lifestyle changes. And what, what I really was trying to get at with the software is to help consumers and real estate agents to meet their true lifestyle goals. You get to retirement with uh, have enough money left over, so they're not really house poor. It seems like you've taken kind of the luck piece out of it a big part of that because I feel like the house we bought we kind of got we really got lucky we had a good real estate agent but we really got lucky so you kind of replace that little bit of luck with AI uh, yeah I mean it's a little bit about right brain meets left brain it's such an emotional decision and you're making that emotional decision and this is what you were saying about playing up Noah uh, of each other and each of them are trying to play and saying oh I can actually afford more when it comes down to reality I think that you come down to regrets and what we're trying to sit there and say is that if you can make the right decision, you're going to have an amazing, wonderful neighborhood and you can actually do a lot more and, and truly live your lifestyle. And that's what we're, that's kind of our, our mantra, right? Is how do you live your lifestyle? And this sounds great for first time home buyers because I remember our first home. It was a beautiful home. It was on a great block and we got a great deal on it. And the reason we got a great deal on it was one of the basement walls was being pressed inward because the house was built at the bottom of a mudslide. <laughs> and we had a real estate agent who did not protect us. And so it was protected with all of these steel beams, which didn't hold. And we had a horrible time selling that house. Yeah. And, you know, it was the emotional factors took over because we thought we were getting more house for the money. Yeah. 
Uh, it was a nicer house, bigger lot, but what good is a house that has a basement that's full of mud? And so. As James Brolin said to Margot Kidder in the movie, the place looks great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, absolutely, uh, Richard. I mean, wh- one of the bigger things that we really try to take a look at is the lifestyle is that people move when there's actually a life event, right? So you move from when you're single to your first job. You move from when you're, when you, you know, are couples and you get, you know, married and you move uh, it, it, because you just have your first kid you know, school districts come into play and then you move because you're trying to, you know, downsize, right? So I think that that the biggest thing is that people are so used to understanding what their current lifestyle is, but we have very little appreciation or are really understanding of what the future is going to hold, right? And especially when those lifestyle changes actually happen. And that's kind of what we're trying to really gather about TLC and really help you predict those things so you can understand those life changes and then really understand you know, hey, I've got this much much money left over, right? So it's amazing. So well, anyone- I, I want to make sure that your program has questions for hauntings and for serial killings, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. if yeah. people want to avoid those, they can plug it into the software <laughs> early, right? I, I, absolutely. Or, or the money start. pit, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, as you and I were talking about before, though, like I had said, I always kind of wondered if I'm moving from a small two-bedroom house and I get my dream house, maybe it has four bedrooms, it's twice as big, how much are my heating bills going to go up? How much is, is the water the same? Is the sewer the same? How much is the electric yeah. going to go up? Like, those were always things I kind of wondered about because I never knew how to budget for those when we moved around. Well, and that and that's what's great about the tool, right? Is that we've actually collected uh, hundreds of uh, sources uh, from from public and private sources to actually take a look at the three largest costs: your mortgage, utilities, and your commuting costs all integrate into one. And so when we talk about all of those factors, it is about the flood zones that you could possibly be in. It is the utilities. You know, some places where you actually have to pay, in, in my township, you have to pay for garbage, right? Certain certain ones that's actually part of your taxes. And what are the taxes implications as you move? So and the biggest problem that I had is I bought my house and I bought it because I thought my taxes were low at 7,500 uh, a year. But then whenever, as soon as I moved in, I got reassessed and I went up to 10,000. So that's mm, a pretty big hit. Well, that's not yeah. a good story. <laughs> right. right. And, and so, not a happy ending. No. <laughs> and, and, and I think that the, these are the hidden costs that, you know, really, even, you know, in the financial crisis that just happened, right, is that people said, oh, I thought I could afford this, right? And everybody told me I could afford it. And then to only find out you couldn't. And I think that that's the critical thing. And, and the goal is to live your lifestyle. So that's why I call it true lifestyle cost. Well, that would have been so nice to have. We moved up to New Jersey from Atlanta. And I'll tell you, it was a sticker shock, not only for the house, but food prices, everything. So, So how do people find this? It's available from your real estate agent. So you can ask your agent for some TLC. Our website is tlcengine.com. And um, you can reach out to us at TLC Engine uh, on Twitter. Or you can reach out to me personally. It's uh, Krishna Malyala. at uh, K Malyala, so uh, at K M A L Y A L A. Well, thank you very much. I really enjoyed having you on the show. Thanks so much again. Thanks, Richard, Noah, and Elizabeth. No, it's great. And I just want to mention Krishna brought a three-dimensional camera into the studio today. So we're going to have shots of this on our website. And so make sure you Google Passage to Profit to find that. Yes. So you are listening to WOR 710 on iHeartRadio, the voice of New York. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have 
have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We've come to the end of our presentations this evening, and they were all great, weren't they? They really were. We had quite the mix-up this time. We had the executive coach who's getting people to really understand how to work together and... As Noah said, the wave of the future. Then we went down pretty deep, I think, with Robert. Yeah, it was a pretty fascinating story, right? I mean, it was a pretty amazing. And then we ended on kind of a lighter note with Krishna, but still a very, very timely and important topic, right? I mean, everybody gets a place at some point, right? Whether it's a house or an apartment. Under other conditions, this could be very, very deep and oblique material. But I think our panel today and our discussions have kind of put it forth in a way uh, that's a little more effective than people are used to. I agree. So we're getting close to the end of the show. We heard from Simone Sloan, Your Choice Coach, Robert Lindemann, The Lindemann Theory, and then Krishna Malyala, TLC Engine. And one thing I wanted to say about Krishna that he didn't tell us till he was leaving is one, he's patent pending. And two, he's actually making money on this. <laughs> so I think he's the first AI guy I've met who's actually making a profit. Um, yeah, congratulations to, to him. So now it's time to Google Passage to Profit Show and uh, make your choice on the Gearheart Law website. Uh, remember, you can only vote once and you have until next Sunday at 8 p.m. to vote. This evening's pitch contestants will receive a Passage to Profit t-shirt and the best overall vote getter for the month will receive an Amazon gift card. So before we sign off, I'd like to say thank you to everyone who participated. I love hearing the experts. Noah, you were fantastic. And, and I can't wait for my Passage to Profit t-shirt. <laughs> and you're going to get one. <laughs> and I love hearing the pitches each week. And you know I can't ever vote because I can never pick a favorite. But that's what I love about being in the entrepreneurial space. And I want to say thanks again to Noah, of course, who keeps us on the straight and narrow in the production booth most of the time. But I listen to the show once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> but we're grateful that he could come out of his uh, hiding spot this week and join us. Well, thank you so and, much. And you know, when Passage to Profit is in syndicated reruns one day, this is going to be one of my favorite episodes. I didn't hear the word, though. You didn't say the word you were supposed to say. Uh, oh, the word I was supposed to say, folks, this is very inside radio. My most hackneyed adjective of all time scrumptious. I was just going to say that was a scrumptious comment. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Everything's scrumptious. Oh, <laughs> and we'd like to thank Noah and the whole iHeart team. Rob back there in the production booth doing it himself this week. So don't forget to join us next week for another excellent speaker and another round of pitches. You never know what you're going to get on this show, folks. So but we can promise in. it will be scrumptious. <laughs> so start thinking about what your pitch will be. Call us and come to New York and get on the show. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart on iHeart with Passage to Profit, W-O-R 710, The Voice of New York. <laughs>